the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Last day of June. Holy mackerel, this year's gone fast, huh? Are you with me or are you against me? It's gone fast. So, it's a Monday. It's Monday. And uh, good to see it, right? This week will be a working vacation for the markets to the early close on Thursday and the Independence Day holiday on Friday. It might have been a full-fledged vacation week if it not for the ECB meeting and the release of the June employment report. Not a lot of um, action today. It's just when you can take a 10-day vacation, you take a 10-day vacation. Or maybe in this case, uh, seven, eight, nine, nine days if you take off Thursday through the following Sunday. I get it. There is not any market-moving corporate news today. It is pretty much company-specific stuff, like General Motors getting set to announce plans for a victim compensation program. Facebook being on the hot seat for reportedly manipulating its news feeds as part of a research effort in 2012. BNP Paribas working to raise capital to pay an $8.9 billion fine after it was found to have transferred money for countries blacklisted in the United States. For those who are willing to trade, I say you are brave. It is a low-volume time. Low volume time basically implies or means what we do this week and next week, it could be quickly reversed the following two, three, four weeks from now. So just know that. And again, it's also a time when, uh, it's also a time when, heck, uh, you can make some gains. You can do a little trade. Volume is light. Am I recommending you do that? Probably not. But I think you get the idea of... You know, be cautious out there. Be cautious out there, fellas. So today we get a little bit of economic data, but not enough. And, you know, just taking a look at the market numbers today. Um, again, don't put a lot of value in this. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, we have the SP 500 up one, the Dow up three, the NASDAQ up seven. Ding, 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 ding. My producer is gone. I'm now on producer. Number five. <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank you. Gold down fractions. Um, you know, I guess a little bit in 1315. Gold's not had a good two years. And I see no reason why gold should have a good year in the next five, ten years unless our economy really, really continues to go lower. Instead of struggling, I said go lower. Um, Facebook, two pieces of data I want to get right now. Facebook hits a record one billion interactions for the World Cup. Sao Paulo. With one billion posts, likes, and comments in just the first half of the World Cup. The soccer tournament is already the most talked about event in Facebook's decade-long history. Soccer conversation measured between June 12th and June 29th involved 220 million people and 1 billion interactions. And that has me say, ole, 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 ole. Um, the first week of the Super Bowl, oh, I'm sorry, the first week of the World Cup saw 459 million interactions on Facebook, more than this year's Super Bowl, the Sochi Winter Olympics, and the Academy Awards combined. That's nice to see. Is there anything that we could do about that and say, woo, that doesn't exactly lead to money? You know, the other Facebook story about them starting to catch a little bit more flack for the way they're manipulating your content that you think your friends are seeing kind of blindly. Um, I don't know. I don't think I have anything else to add to this comment. So, um, Taking a look at some of the other stories out there today. There's a new smartphone reality. The OnePlus proves it. What is the OnePlus? Um, it's a new phone. It's a smartphone made by a Chinese manufacturing startup called OnePlus. It's a really nice phone with a giant 5.5-inch screen, powerful specs that rival that you'd find on an iPhone or a Samsung Galaxy. The OnePlus sells all that and a bucket of chicken for $300 or less than half the iPhone 5S. The catch or quantities are extremely limited, and you need an invitation before you can buy one directly from OnePlus. Now, that hasn't stopped readers and listeners, and viewers, and fans, um, what are they called, um, fanboys, you know, gotta have it gadget people, um, from trying to get one. So there, there's kind of this clamoring demand. Who else creates clamoring demand? Apple. Smartphones have become cheap enough to make that some manufacturers are willing to sell them for next to nothing in order to get rapid adoption of the product. So there's a company in China called Xiaomi. They sell more phones in China than Apple does. Some consumers are waking up to the fact that you don't need to break the bank to get a premium smartphone experience. Very interesting. That is not the beginning of a game changer, but I remember when the desktop computer cost $2,000 or $2,500, and then it broke the $2,000 barrier, and then it broke the $1,500 barrier, and then it broke the $1,000 barrier. I think now if you're paying more than $400, $500 for a desktop, you're getting enough power to basically run a nuclear facility. You don't need that much. Um, so, I don't know. I think that's an interesting enough story on its own just to say, you figured out, I threw out the idea, now you go figure it out. What you going to do? So, if you're going to sell cell phones, you better have an ecosystem inside of it. Elsewhere out there today, pending home sales surge in the month of May. Yay! Oh, i got to get a break. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Take a break. We'll be right back. Someone told me about a percent. That's a Bloomberg Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. 
on AM 1220 KDOW. Rob Black and your money. Happy June 30th. The year's halfway over. How are you doing? Let's stop and look at how the S&P 500's doing. And then you can maybe start thinking about how you may be doing. S&P 500 is up 4.8% this quarter. It is having a wonderful quarter. I was speaking with a friend this weekend, a good friend, and we were talking about, you know, um, do you believe in New Year's resolutions? Do you believe in... I'm like, no, I just set goals. Uh, one of my goals this year was to get super healthy, to get to the point where a doctor says, whoa, you're doing good. Anything else you want me to do? More vegetables? I'm like, nope, you're good. If I can get a doctor to say that to me, I'd be, like, thrilled. So I'm doing the work. I'm, you know, running, I'm climbing, I'm stretching, I'm doing the work. So I, I'm more goal-oriented, and looking back at the last three months to see the S&P 500 up 4.9% is wonderful. And I have an, a positive outlook on growth going forward. So this quarter is the sixth consecutive quarter of an advance on the S&P 500. We entered the year looking at the S&P 500 thinking, you know what, 30%, 33% last year, whatever the number, it was a big number on the year, and like maybe we can't, maybe we can't do that this year. And then the first quarter of this year, it was really, really cold across the United States, and that led to a problem of. What did it lead to a problem of? It led to a problem of oh, yeah. Now that we were up so much last year, we kind of paid it forward. We got some gains forward. Maybe we'll be a little bit shaky. Nope. That low cost money is like. Um, in rock, scissors, paper, it seems to be all three of it. When the Federal Reserve has a low cost of money, it's helping basically everything. Our housing market's going to go down 10, 20% as interest rates go higher. I own houses. I don't mind saying that. I don't make a commission or a transaction from you. So I'm not going to get out there and go, now is a wonderful time to buy a house. Now is the time that you're going to have to say, okay, I'm buying it with a low cost money, but there's a good chance it's going to go down in value as the cost of money goes higher. And that's something you have to be honest with yourself on. So be careful. You know, taking the second half of this year, there's positive outlook for growth, and there's still low-cost money. The low interest rates environment is a good breeding ground for asset bubbles. It's created a bubble in housing. We are in a bubble in housing. Now, it's a bubble that doesn't necessarily pop like the stock market does. If your house value was $1 million and it were to drop to 900000 and there's a big sign in front of it that says $1 million today and then the next day 990000 950000 925000 900000 you'd be like, ah, sell, sell, sell. But we don't have that. So the housing bubble is different than the stock market bubble because every day you have a closing price on the stock market. You don't have a closing price every day on your house. And I'm, again, honest enough to say the market has benefited from this. The question is, the next transition for the stock market and the next transition for the housing market, the stock market's looking for growth. The housing market is going to hit some – the stock market's looking for growth tied towards jobs, 
tied towards profits, tied towards demand. And we have a slight little bit of all that. The housing market really needs the wage inflation. Now, raise your hand in the last 10 years. How many people are, are raving about their wage inflation? Like, oh, I'm making so much more money in the last 10 years. I'm so much better off. The answer is you don't know many people like that. You know some, right? So what's gonna, who's going to live in your house if they can't afford a higher payment? They're going to stay in their apartment, or they're going to find something you know, a little bit lower than that. Economic growth, U.S. equities have reached all-time highs as data from employment to housing fueled confidence that the United States economy is rebounding after the worst contraction in GDP since 2009. Now, the contraction that we got in the first quarter this year was driven by cold weather. It wasn't driven by layoffs. Earnings season, as we hit the end of month of June, we're turning the calendar and, whoa, there's July and there's earnings season. Now, the good thing and the bad thing about earnings season in the second quarter, this is the time where there's weakness. Third quarter and fourth quarter is where there's time for growth. Wall Street doesn't really care about the past. They care about the future. We've come a long way. S&P 500 companies probably grew 5.2% during the second quarter, while sales rose 3.2%. Forecasts are lower than what they were at the beginning of April. That always happens. It's over-promise, under-deliver. You hopefully want companies to under-promise and over-deliver, but analysts tend to be a little bit too positive on the big economic issues. Yahoo up 2% today. I don't know why I'm talking about this. I guess I'm done with the earnings report card first half of the season, first quarter. Um, what do we... Yahoo up 2% today. Piper Jaffray raised its radio and search engine company to overweight. I'm not sure I get that one. In large part, they've got a 23% stake in Alibaba. But we all know that. And we know Alibaba's coming public. But we also know that Yahoo hasn't really started enough initiatives that have created revenue growth or earnings growth on their own, minus like, oh, yeah, we bought a position in this company. It's like, okay, just because you're Nikki Hilton and your sister's Paris Hilton, that will only get you so far until, like, okay, did you sell any purses? Did you actually do anything? Did you sell any records? You have to take that brand and, and, you know, up it. U.S. Steel lost 1.6% today, 113-year-old metal producer. You could buy companies that are 113 years old. They're going to be replaced in the S&P 500 by Martin Marietta Materials. So U.S. Steel is founded by famous American J.P. Morgan and and Steel Magnet. I wish I was a steel magnet. I actually don't wish I was a steel magnet because it's a tough business, right? After 113 years old, your technology gets a little bit old. There's cheaper ways of doing it. And, of course, they've bought a lot of the companies that do it cheaper and things along those lines. Um, but, you know, getting kicked out of the S&P 500 is bad news for U.S. Steel. Because raise your hand. Okay, who wants to buy Facebook? Yeah, yeah, people raise their hands. Who wants to buy Apple? Yeah, yeah. Who wants to buy Nike World Cup? Ole, 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 ole. I do, I do, I do. Who wants to buy a steel company that's 113 years old? If I tried to, like... I saddle up to the bar and I see a beautiful young woman like, hey, here's a stock tip for you. Go buy U.S. Steel. She goes, <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> oh, no, go away. Go away. American Apparel's down 20%. Casual clothing company turned down a move by ousted CEO Dove Charney to hold an investors meeting. That's a company that's just getting split. The founder just doesn't want to 
just doesn't want to let go. And the board wants him to say bye-bye. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Little girl that Eminem sung about in one of his songs, Haley's song, she's graduating high school. We're all getting older. 800-516-1220, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblack.com. Money on AM twelve twenty KDOW. Interesting piece of news for you. Two top student government leaders at the University of Las Vegas are requesting Hillary Clinton to return the outrageous two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars speaking fee she reportedly received or she will receive, for an upcoming speech at school in October. Now, clearly, one of these top groups is going to be a Republican. Um, $225,000 to have someone speak, really? At a college? Really? Our, our priorities not totally, and that's where I just find it outrageous. Our priorities as a nation are just so messed up. And the fact that colleges can do that and continue to charge more and more, um, I just think we're doing the wrong thing at colleges. Right? Are you with me? Hopefully. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. S&P 500's up one. Dow's up two. I wish the NASDAQ were up three, but the NASDAQ's up eight. Welcome in. CFP Chad Burton. He is the Ayatollah of rock and roll when it comes to financial planning. How are you, Mr. Burton? Good, thanks. <laughs> the Ayatollah, I like that one. Yeah, I, did, I don't think I made that up. I think I stole that from somebody. With that said, uh, let's talk a little 401k f- fees, because companies seem to differ like golden clay. Some 401ks are ideal. Some 401ks are costly, and they've got a horrible product in them. Yeah. So what do we need to know in the world of 401k and 401k fees? Well, first of all, if you're an employer and you know you started your business, you had some employees, they wanted a 401k plan, so you started it, and a lot of times they started it with an insurance company. And the internal fees in these things are often around 2% to get the, the everything covered. And usually either you directly or your employees are paying for it right out of the account. And they're not going to lower the fees to the next fee schedule level unless you ask. Now, recent laws have said that, you know, as a 401k program is an offering, they're going to have to send out a very clear statement on what the 401k fees are. So this is going to become a bigger issue in 2012 and 13, where people are going to realize the costs of their 401k. So you know, once you have a good amount of assets in the plan, you're able to shop it. You're able to go to the vanguards, the T row prices, the you know get low, no load funds, and even ETFs into the 401k plan to get the fees down for your employees. I think there's a law with uh, the teachers 457s and 403Bs, mm-hmm. uh, I think there's a law that if they ask for a provider, it legally has to be given to them. So if, for instance, in their district they don't have Fidelity, they could raise their voice and say, I'd like to use Fidelity, that provider has to be made accessible to them, which is kind of cool. You know, the, the, it's kind of a backfire on what's going on in the 403B market because I used to be able to you know, 
take a somebody's 403B and roll it over into another 403B so I can manage it at the right. custodian that I use, which is TD Ameritrade. But that's almost impossible right now. So hopefully that changes. Um, people, you know, a lot of teachers get stuck with what they're in. When we started off as a young company, you know, you, you basically put your 401k assets with almost anyone, like you said. Yeah. Um, but a little bit later in life, as your company starts to mature, you have the power, and not necessarily they have the power. Early on, it does feel like you have to go with whatever anyone's willing to provide for you. Yeah, and it's a much more competitive market now. So a lot of companies, uh, you know, whether it's your ADP, your paychecks, or whatever, have 401ks that are pretty much a just huge array of no-load funds that you can use, and almost nearly a flat fee or a per-participant fee to do it versus super high management fees inside the account. So shop around. New Focus Financially has a 401k plan. Do you have any annual maintenance fees? We we have a per-participant fee and then the annual fee to file the 5500 through through the payroll company. What happens, and I was just trying to set a standard of uh, you know what people can expect out there, because mm-hmm. obviously New Focus Financial is going to be on top of their 401k, trying to take care of their employees. Uh, what if you work for a company that has a bad, like high annual fees or a housing fee or a trading fee or mutual fund fees? Uh, what's your, your mode of, you know, I, I, I get people that email me and they said, I just hate my 401k options. They're too expensive. So you've got to get two to three or four people together and you've got to send emails to the HR department. That's part of HR's job is to make sure that the employee benefits are run correctly. And part of the prudent man rule to make sure people are educated if you're going to offer a 401k too as a business, you've got to educate people, um, including yourselves on what funds are good and bad inside the program. Well, I work at Cron, and I could tell you that, and you know, from talking to the teachers, I could tell you the HR departments are not very smart. Yeah. You know, the HR departments care more about sexual harassment versus educating people on investment options. Uh, and I'm the financial guy at a TV station, and then I see, you know, just these amazing just salespeople from just horrible companies come in. And uh, they bring pizza, and they're like, you should sign up for our funds, and their funds are the high-load funds. And HR doesn't know what they're, they're getting these people in doing. Yeah, and at least, you know, now if you're 55 or older and you have a 401k plan with a large amount and you don't like it, most plans allow you to do what's called an in-service rollover where you can roll over into an IRA, a self-managed IRA, um, at least a minimum of your contributions. Okay. So if you're really unhappy or you want some day-to-day help with managing your funds, you can call up a, a, your 800 number on your statement and say, am I eligible for an in-service rollover to an IRA? Okay. That way you can either manage it yourself or hire a money manager to, to do it for you. That's something you sometimes recommend where people want to work with a financial planner like yourself and all their assets are in their 401k. You say, are you X amount of age and can you do an in-service rollover because it's a way for you uh, to help them outside of their own 401k plan. Yeah, and, and a lot of it, too, has to do with uh, most of the time it's because we're looking at the 401k choices that they have, and the bond choices are awful. Okay. And this is the hardest area to manage right now and where a lot of risk lies in the next couple of years is interest rates will likely creep up after the uh, quantitative easing process is over. Anything else that we need to know? Uh, you know, just on your 401ks, too, it's something that you have to manage one of two ways by either rebalancing it through the automatic rebalancer or make sure you change where your contributions are going to rebalance your portfolio. I don't always keep my eye on my 401k. I kind of like let it accumulate. But there's a button that auto rebalance. Yeah, you can auto rebalance every one once a year, twice a year, or every quarter. Okay. And mathematically, that just um, it's taking a look that you have too much small caps and it's saying let's buy some large cap because they've underperformed. It's just yeah, it's, okay. it causes you to 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 sell high and buy low. 
There you go. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. So one of the big trends out there, believe it or not, is frozen food. Frozen food is tied towards Generation Y. They don't like it. Generation Z I'll talk about during the show, but Generation Y doesn't like it. DiGiorno, they're battling a multi-year decline in frozen food sales by giving the consumers options to customize their pies. Frozen pizza sales have been dropping by single digits for several years. That's true with me. I haven't bought a frozen pizza in probably five years. And last time I did it, it was probably like you know, Bachelor Day, where I'm like going to sit around and do nothing and sit in my underwear, eat corn chips, eat a frozen pizza. I mean, I, I don't do that anymore. So the decline is part of a broader trend of falling sales. Again, Americans are opting for fresher, less processed foods. I believe the future of America is in the hands of Generation Y and Generation Z, and I think that they will treat frozen foods and processed foods and sugary foods and large sugary beverages like vampires. They're going to try to, to, to eradicate them. There's definitely a push towards products that are more real, higher quality, more homemade. DiGiorno's answer to this is design a pizza kit, which includes cheese pizza, and you get individually wrapped meats, veggies, shredded cheese, and a seasoning packet. I like what they're trying. I don't think it's going to work. But I like what they're trying. So the combinations are like pepperoni sausage with peppers, onions, spinach, tomato, and red onion. Or pepperoni and chicken, green peppers, red onions with pepperoni. Like, they're trying. And, again, I think the sad part about it is is we just don't like the frozen food. And they're, it's frozen tomatoes or frozen spinach or frozen onions. We don't like it. So give them credit for trying. But reality is, I think it's dying. Uh, and you're seeing more and more stores like Safeway just open up more of their aisles with, you know, fresh food and organic food. And what does it mean organic even mean? So I think the millennials are kind of getting to be old news. I've given the millennials credit. I've, I've backed them. But as they get older, some of these trends, like, they made Whole Foods famous. They made, you know, a burrito company famous, Chipotle. Marketers are beginning to target a new crop of people, and they're called Generation Z. And studies differ on the exact age of Generation Z, but most agree that they're born after 1990. Generation Z wants to change the world. 60% of them want to have an impact on the world, compared to 39% of millennials. Roughly one in four Generation Zers are involved in volunteering. So 1990 would make them, what, 10, 20, 25 years old or under. They're entrepreneurial through millennials. 72% of high school students want to start a business someday, and 61% would rather be an entrepreneur than an employee. One summer during college, I worked for AT&T, and I said, no way, starting my own company. There's no way that I'm going to be stuck with a boss that, you know, yeah, so Rob... This weekend, I need you to come in and file some forms. Not going to happen. Generation Z multitask across at least five screens daily and spend 41% of their time outside of school with computers and mobile devices, compared to 22% 10 years ago. They suffer from FOMO, fear of missing out more than millennials. So being culturally connected is critical. Generation Z prefers to be independent. While millennials seek mentors, Generation Z is more about helping themselves. Generation Z, again, people 25 years old or younger, 
It'll probably be 15 to 25 is the right way of saying that in the future. They worry about the economy more than anything else, including crime, politics, their parents' job security, politics, and the cost of goods. We'll talk a little more Generation Z later in the show. We'll talk stock markets, economy, and much more when we come back. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm taking a look at LA Times website, and this should tell you everything you need to know. The way they show their data locally, they start with local, and then they go to sports, entertainment, nation, world, then comes business. I do a show that does business first. I want to challenge you to challenge yourself to start thinking about everything that you could possibly think about to get you to retirement, or to get you a great life. I'm not going to say, you know, my next life I'm going to be a cow. I'm not going to say my next life it's going to be internal happiness. I'm going to focus on this life. And I don't want you to get to the point where you have a $200 million yacht and it's the biggest in the world. I don't care about that. I want you to focus on, like, having family experiences. If you get a chance to buy a place in Tahoe because you're spending $15,000 a year on vacations and you can get a place in Tahoe for about that in mortgage. Get a couple renters, get a couple friends who would buy it for me for a couple weeks. I want you to do that because that can create a family experience. And those are what life are based off of. Whether it's you know when you first meet your love of your life and the passion and the excitement and the sharing of a vision together. Or as you age and have kids and move further in your life and some of the issues that come up there. Um, having a kid, like my dad didn't have a, a cabin. I look at people who have cabins, I'm like, I, I wish I had a cabin when I was a kid. Or when I was 18 to 25, and I was like, Dad, could I have the cabin? Take my friends, take a girlfriend, like, that would have been awesome. So that's what the show's kind of all about. And, you know, according to the LA Times, it's, it ranks behind sports entertainment, the nation, world news. World news isn't going to do me anything. I was once talking to the governor of San Jose, Chuck, as I like to call him. Um, and he said, I said, would you ever run for governor? He's like, no way. The state of California is ungovernable. I think the world's like, I, 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 if I could not pay attention to it, I would. And that doesn't make me a bad citizen. My world is the city that I live in and my friends and family. The nation, do I really care what's going on in Georgia? Not really. As a patriot, should I? Absolutely. Entertainment-wise, someone asked me recently, how many movies did you see last year? I said, I think, that's like one, I think. I saw American Hustle on TV, like pay-per-view. And I saw the Gravity film, where she lives in the end. Totally unreal. There's no chance. That's what I hate about movies. Like, it gets to the point, like, we've seen robots beat robots. We've seen people beat robots. We've seen robots beat aliens. We've seen people beat aliens. Good guy shoots bad guy, bad guy dies, bad guy shoots good guy, bullets miss. Once in a while, good guy dies, but always in the end, good guy shoots bad guy with last second shot that is probably improbable. So, I don't know if I need to see any more movies. 
Now, when there's a movie that comes out that's fresh, it, it is all that in a bucket of chicken. But if it adheres to any of the typical things that are blockbuster-oriented, eh, yeah, I'll pass. So weak spending right now is raising doubts about the economy. That should, that's both a good thing and a bad thing, right? And that's how you have to look at Wall Street. Good thing, bad thing. And what I mean by that, I'm not trying to play both sides of the fence. Weak spending, spending is 70% of our economy. When you have weak part of our economy, it's going to hurt. Now, Wall Street comes back and says, hey, corporate America, if you want us to reward you, you may need to let go of some people. No! But yeah, that's what happens, and they still make their profits. And you can only do that for so long. You can only downsize for so long. But then again, innovation keeps coming out. Productivity keeps going higher. We now have computers that can, you know, make ice cream. I saw a robot scoop ice cream, and I was impressed. I was like, wow. Why not? Um, Do we really need a 16-year-old kid scooping ice cream? Or... 28-year-old single mom who's trying to make ends meet scooping ice cream? If I'm an ice cream shop owner, it's it's a small business, and I'm going to do what I can to you know milk as much out of the business as I can. I'm not doing it for charity work. So that's one of the conundrums on Wall Street is there is no right answer. Weak spending means people are saving more. That's the positive. Is this year going to be good after all? Yes, no, maybe so. So an unexpectedly sharp economic contraction in the first quarter was largely in part because it was cold outside. And there's numerous songs, baby, it's cold outside. What are we going to do? And it's typically light a fire, get under a blanket, watch TV, light a fire, get under a blanket, love each other. It's something other than, hey, let's go buy a $80 dinner or let's go buy. Yeah, I don't even know if you can buy an $80 dinner as far as go out. Is Applebee's real food? Yes, you can get a dinner for 40 bucks for two, but is it real? I've got a chef friend who, he knocks restaurants, and he says it in a funny way, and he owns a restaurant. He's like, most food is processed or prepared or basically heated up. Uh, Processed or manufactured or, you know, it's not fresh. It's not, you know, let's start with ingredients and, and, and get there. I kind of agree with that. In the lower end restaurant change, the, uh, I think they kind of take advantage of that. So, 800-516. Like, when fries are frozen, you just drop them in a fryer. Like, that's not fresh. That's not food. A thirst for energy drinks is a story out there. A thirst for energy drinks. Monster drinks are still doing very, very well. They kind of come in ebb and flow as far as the stock goes. The trend has always been higher. Monster Beverage of Corona has become a giant in the energy drink. It may be able to take on its primary rival, Red Bull, which is created by a private Austrian Australian, Austrian company. So sometimes the winners go down. Monster Drinks are the company's pri- uh, driving force. They account for about 95% of sales. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that, like Hanson Juices, uh, Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Monster, um, Rockstar. I won't buy Rockstar because I know who founded the company. If I were in a desert and I needed to crawl just one more mile, I'm going to drink Rockstar. 
Anyhow, I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at robblack.com. I always have seminars coming up. I'd love to meet you at one. You can sign up for them at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. The local Toyota dealers shop down one. Complicated. What's the law? That's what I bring to them. Cloud. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial. Money investing in more. Hillary Clinton's got a money issue. On one hand, she comes out with a book that says she's basically broke coming out of the presidency with her husband. On the other hand, she gets paid a lot of money to give speeches, and she's wealthy. It's a just disingenuous argument, and I don't think anyone wins with it. But when you get paid $225,000 to speak at college, that's a lot of money. And you're not paying ordinary tax rates at that point in time. Book advances, speaking fees, you know, uh, support. I guess if you can get it, get it. Maybe I'm being... Uh, you know, hypercritical, and maybe I'm being like not being fair to myself and judging myself because I, oftentimes I'll say, "Look, if you someone's willing to pay you four hundred thousand dollars program computer, take it." But it, it's just again some of the things that we talk about on this show. Um, when you look at one of the big problems in America is student debt, and then you see this, and you know it's very populist to say like something's wrong here. There's a growing divergence between the rich and the poor. So the poorest members of Congress are hardly poor. They get their poor, but they come out sweet. You know that Congress people are allowed to trade stocks on inf- on information that you and I can't. That's not right. That should change. Anyhow, I'm not really going to go into a long money problem, but that's one of the issues of America is like we pay a lot of people to come speak at college, and then we see our college costs go higher, and it's like, whoa. GM's going to offer $1 million to the victims' families. And what's interesting to know about this, and you're listening to AM 1220, KDOW. That's my way of promoting the show um, and the station. GM's going to offer at least $1 million to families for each ignition death. Okay. How much are you worth if you die? How much am I worth if I die? Let's say I make $300,000 a year. Let's say you make $500,000 a year. Let's say you make $30,000 a year. All those different people have different values, according to lawyers. You know, the love of your life is probably worth a million dollars to you, but to a lawyer, probably not. Depends on how much they make. Depends on how old they are. So there's no cap under the plan for victim compensation regarding people who were killed or injured in recalled vehicles. But the fund administrator, Kenneth Feinberg, announced today that you know, there was an ignition switch. He started with like a million dollars is the, the bar. If the airbag deployed in the accident, the vehicle's not eligible for the claim. Compensation isn't just for the driver. Passengers, pedestrians, or occupants of a second vehicle might be eligible for a claim. The test for eligibility will be, was the ignition switch defective proximate cause for the accident? The two priority categories of victims include individual deaths and catastrophic injury claims. So I bring this up because, wow, 
who knew that like your brother died in a car accident because he was driving a GM vehicle? Who knew that all these stipulations would start to go into it? Um, when I was in 17, 18, someone rear-ended me. And by rear-ended, I mean the car, I was stopped at a light, and they thought the light was green, and they didn't see me, and they kept driving. A little bit of a neck injury. And uh, it wasn't terrible. I went to the hospital and emergency room and got straight out. No, no, I didn't go to the emergency room. <laughs> Woo! Pollen, one more. <laughs> okay. So, I, when I got to San Francisco on radio, my boss, Brian Cooley, said, um, whatever you do, just do it on air and like be who you are. So, when I sneeze, that's kind of who I am. Anyway. Um, so I was 17, 18, got into it, got rear-ended, went home, my back clenched. Um, had a friend drive me to the hospital, they looked at it, and they're like, neck strain. Severe neck strain. So, got to thinking about it, you know, insurance called me the next day, how are you, kind of thing. I was like, neck strain, and I, I'm in bed. And they're like, the insurance company's going to offer you, you know, $3,000 to $5,000, it's not worth going to court for that, for them. And if you're looking for more, then it will be worth going to court. And there's kind of a formula for what happens to people when their neck hurts and they miss a day or two of work. I was like, okay. Called my brother David, who was an injury attorney. He's like, they offer 3000 take it. So my own brother, uh, I was like, but but what if, like, in 10 years from now, my neck is shaped like um, a crooked giraffe neck? I know. Stop and think about that for a second. And if you want to see something really cool, Google crooked giraffe neck, Santa Barbara Zoo. I think the giraffe is now dead, but there's pictures of him. And uh, it's one of the craziest things you'll ever see. So anyway, mathematical formulas are put into place on people's deaths. And part of it is your age and part of it is your income. And that's insulting, isn't it? Because aren't you worth more than that? You'd think so. But the reality is not so. And who's going to win with the GM case? Lawyers. In the end, will GM be okay? I do believe that they will. And the damage for them will be the stories that Generation X, Generation Y, Generation Z here, Generation X who have kids, or the kids are now starting to go to college, uh, they're not going to buy their their kids a, a GM car if they don't trust it. GM, a couple weeks ago, the story in the court and who the arbitrator is going to be and who's going to figure out, it dipped to $33. And I said, if it goes below 32 I'm buying. It doesn't. It's now back to $36, $37. Oh, boy. Now it's getting messy in here. Where did this come from? We're not in spring. We're in summer. Okay, I'm hoping that's it, because this is getting embarrassing. So today, GM's up on the news that they're quantifying people's death. This is getting bad. Maybe I should have some technical music or something. Um, so the stock's moving higher. It's exactly how Wall Street works. The demon known versus the demon unknown. Part of what GM has going for it is their ability to hide behind that they've come out of bankruptcy. And when you come out of bankruptcy, all your liabilities are signed off on. 
So if it gets too hairy, they're going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, don't forget this happened uh, to the old GM. We're not that company anymore. So the way corporate law works, and it's kind of interesting, companies are human beings. So the old company, GM's dead. The new company, it's like Paul and Steve, different people. Let's go to Gil in San Dimas. Hey, Rob. Gil, go ahead. Second time I've called. Thank you. Hey, you're like probably my fifth caller of the year then. You're, you're a very interesting character, and maybe it's something you ate like MSG or something, man. Anyway. You're uh, a very flat, monotone caller. Maybe it's something like lack of vocal cords. Maybe it's parents who didn't talk to you. Maybe your mom no, put you on the no, ground early. No, 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 no. I, I have vocal cords. I'm calling you on my cell phone. I apologize if it's monotone. Well, I, yeah, I eat MSG. I have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I, I put it on my ice cream at night. <laughs> so what do you want to talk like about? You. That sounds like the kind of guy I listen to, exactly. <laughs> I called you before about student loan, but I think this conversation that you're having about generations and so on and so forth, I don't know what generation I am. I was born in 1949. But the, the principles Baby you're boomer. talking pardon or, me? You're not a boomer. You're Go ahead. we got about a minute. Oh. Well, uh, I'm going to put you on. I'm going to... AM 1220 KDOW traffic. A new accident in Chat Mateo and this traffic report brought to you by your local Toyota dealers. Northbound 101 at Big Market Minute. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, trying to get you to retirement. Sometimes showing you stories that are a little bit different than what your banker might be showing you. Speaking with a friend this weekend, and she's like, yeah, I went into a bank once, and because I've been listening to your show, I started talking to their financial guy who works for a small advisory. Well, it's a big nationwide advisory company, but he's inside the bank, and she's like, I knew more than him. And he basically was lying to me about fees because I listened to your show. Let's go back to Gil. Gil. What's the thought? What's the question? Let's not debate. Let's love. Let's yeah, no, no, I'm not worried about debate. I love it. Hey, listen, the, this, I'm, I don't know what generation I am. Um, it was like I was telling you I was 49, 1949, and all of a sudden we've put labels on generations. But I think you're absolutely correct. The business community, which I'm retired, and, you know, I'm not getting six figures or what have you. It's, it's good. Uh, but I feel sorry for the younger kids today because business basically wants – you to buy their product, they want to listen to your programs, and so on and so forth. But how does the individual take care of themselves? I mean, that's what you were all about, if I'm not mistaken, because I called you before about student loans. And businesses have to sort of incorporate, or how do they sit, you know, how do they integrate business, uh, making profits, uh, government, you know, taking profits away, people as consumers? I mean, it's, 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 a, tough, it's a tough call. I think you're doing a great job in trying to inform people, and and I listen to you. I'd love to there, listen to you. Is there a question here, or are you just saying nice things? But I, how do we? How does business integrate the idea of, of you know the kids are getting smarter. They're getting smarter. They're not buying stuff. They're not consuming things. Well, how do they integrate business, government, and consumption? Well, I think what you're going to see, and thanks for the call. I think millennials have the chance to actually change the world, and what I mean by that is. You have to, millennials and Generation um, Z, 
is what we're calling Generation Y or Millennials, Generation Z. We don't really have a name for yet. But look at, like, Generation Z. They spend more money on food and drinks than anything else. Their favorite eatery is Starbucks, which is an awful idea. Nike is their top clothing brand, followed by Forever 21, Action Sports Brands, American Eagle, and Polo Ralph Lauren. So if I were a Generation Z, I would say invest in Nike and Starbucks, invest in Polo. You could buy Ralph Lauren, Ralph Lauren... I've been watching the World Cup, and people from around the world are bringing their yellow jerseys or red jerseys, and typically they got these big, hideously ugly uh, Ralph Lauren polo symbols on on it, which you could not pay me to wear a logo that's any size bigger than a dime or nickel, maybe a dime and nickel put together. Uh, Generation Z, they're um, less active. Uh, 66% of kids aged 6 to 11 play online games. So I would probably invest in diabetes. Um, diabetes drugs, companies like Pfizer, companies like Merck, um, just to start, and then maybe a good biotech index. Um, Generation Z lacks brand loyalty, and that's going to be a problem. And as an investor for them and taking care of themselves, it's a problem. Generation Z, very close with their families. Their parents have a lot of control over the decisions that they make, whereas Generation Y is more about, there's technology out there, and I'm going to go figure it out myself. I think a tech a robot is probably better than, say, my dad, as far as giving advice. Whereas the young kids prefer their dad. The people who are out on their own prefer robots or apps. There's an app for that. So it's going to be interesting to watch. The best way people can take care of themselves is to max out their 401k, their 457. It's to start a budget with, like, Mint.com and say, you know, this month I want to save $200. This quarter, I want to save $600. And then when you don't do it, be mad at yourself. Set goals. I set goals every month, every quarter, every year. And I check on those goals. And I'd rather worry about the goals that I accomplished than goals that I missed. And then next year, let's get some more accomplishment in there. Um, It's an odd way of thinking about things, but I think it's a healthier way of thinking about things. Um, and I think that'll help people. And again, I don't really understand your question. I don't know why you kind of went after me with MSG. I'm just like you, but I do a radio show, and I can't sit here and like go, well, you know, you're the greatest generation because you helped fight our wars. And by the way, you're a baby bummer. Um, but your parents are the greatest generation. Um, and they probably had the best retirement. So your generation will have a good retirement, except for your generation sold themselves out in the 60s, free love, in the 70s, well, the 60s, you know, free love, in the 70s, you know, corporate change in America. Um, And then once they got to the 80s, 90s, and they started having some money, they're like, woohoo, I want a BMW. You know, my kids are gone. I deserve it. Um, And instead of, like, being all about hugs and kisses and and peace and love and make, make love, not war, it's all about BMW. It's all about the BMW. So, anyhow, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Intel, they are chasing after um, sales on Silicon Road. And what's Silicon Road? Silicon Road is going to be the driverless car. So, Intel, Qualcomm, NVIDIA, they're all going to do it. And there's millions and millions, well, not, let me not exaggerate. There's going to be a lot of semiconductors in your car that you buy for the next, every year going forward. More and more and more and more and more. So there's a growth industry there. The only problem about that is semiconductors were a, a big, profitable, massive, no one else could do it other than Intel for like the 70s and 80s, right? And then competition got in. 
So Hyundai's new 2015 Genesis, it's a luxury sedan. It has lots of semiconductors that will do automatic braking and lane-keeping sensors, blind spot detection. Semiconductors that will enable the car to open the trunk when it senses the owner's arms are full. Well, how does that work? Um, okay, so your arms are full. you got, two, like, two bags of groceries. You, you want the trunk. Well, I don't know what. Anyway, why would you want to get in the trunk if your arms are full? You can't grab anything else out of the trunk, but you get the idea. Um, if your cabin of your car is starting to get a little stale, it's got too much carbon, monox- uh, carbon dioxide, your car will be able to sense with a semiconductor sensor and put more fresh air in there. So the Genesis is going to represent the forefront of the auto industry's use of chips. Qualcomm and NVIDIA don't even make the list at this point in time. Um, it's all going to be about companies like Freescale Semiconductor, STM Microelectronics, NV, um, Renesis. So the main hurdle to the industry is safety and reliable standards. You know, um, it's going to be interesting to see how, like, you can't have an Intel chip that crashes. You can't. Not in a car when it's important. If, like, hey, there's no one in your blind spot. You're good. And you start to count on that. It's going to be a problem. But anyway, we're going to talk more and more and more about safety standards and companies like Google, companies like Qualcomm, companies like Intel. The A7 Audi, it's, it's got an NVIDIA Tegra processor driving itself on its um, screen. It's awesome. So we're going to see more and more. That's a trend. So not just Generation Y, Generation Z. Multiple trends are out there. Um, Qualcomm is supplying tens of millions of modems for connected cars. Uh, there's a good chance that you're going to be listening to Pandora one day on while driving. I don't like the Pandora experience. It's not it's not enough like of me. Just because I like like the Counting Crows doesn't mean that I like train. I want something a little bit more. And sometimes I'm driving. I want road trip music. I want you know, dance music. I want energy music at 2 in the morning. Um, and that's where Pandora kind of loses it. But they, that doesn't mean that they can't get in that area of going out and finding what I need at that time. But anyway, future issues. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Back to Rob Black and your money. On AM Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. A couple things I'll throw out at you is like, you know that called Gil? He wasn't terribly articulate. Not bad, but not terribly articulate. One of the reasons you probably want to work with a financial expert at some point in time when you've created some wealth is that there's people out there like me, and there's people out there who get paid a lot of money. 
And all they do is study future trends. And those future trends could be like election trends, because politicians shape government spending. Those trends could be children and what they uh, are doing. Because Whole Foods wouldn't be as strong today if it wasn't people for people, you know, 25 to 40. Um, I grew up in an era where Safeway food was good enough. And then I go to Whole Foods and it's like, oh, it's too expensive. But the trend still is healthier, more fresher, more organic. So studying these trends, huge impact. The baby boomers, as they get older, they're going to be taking more pharmaceuticals. Healthcare sector is winning. Whether you call it Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, I don't know if you like Obama or not. I was brought up by a, fa- a father who was like, you never insult the president. Um, for better or for worse, he's your president. And I get what he was trying to say. So healthcare spending is going up. It's not going down, and we saw that in the first quarter. So as a professional, as a guy who does this, I do a lot of work. And um, I do a lot of work trying to figure out trends, trying to figure out uh, things that can help you. And looking at what 15-year-old kids view as the world, a little bit different than, you know, typical normal media. But also, it should give you a pretty good insight into uh, future spending. And if you don't see that future spending jump, you're missing things. Every generation has something that's big to them. Maybe it's going to malls. Maybe it's uh, socialized with big groups. Maybe it's one-on-one dating. Whatever. Um, There's trends there. 800-516-1220 to get your call on the air. It's 800 516-1220 516-1220 to each calls in the area. You listen to AM 1220, KDOW. Let me give you some market numbers, and then we're going to pull up a conversation with our good friend CFP Chad Burton. Right here, right now, we got the SP 500 up one, the Dow down five, the Nasdaq up nine. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls in the air. It's eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. We know that a lot of kids right now are coming out of college with college debt, and that's one of the more interesting angles on, like, even when the generation is is known, there's going to be some hindrances and tailwinds. Uh, Like, there's a trend out there that, you know, women historically in the United States have wanted 2.3 kids, and if you're getting married later, that may not change the number of kids you want to have. It just may mean that you have them later in life, and that, too, will have some trends tied towards it. 800-516-1220, 800-516-1220, the SP 500 is up 1, the Dow down 4, the NASDAQ up 10. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. He's with NewFocusFinancial.com. He manages wealthy clients. You can find out more at NewFocusFinancial.com. The American workplace is getting older and grayer. Two-thirds of Americans between the age of 45 and 60 plan to delay retirement. That's up from 42% just two years ago. That's pretty alarming to me, Chad. Oh, it's going to be so exponentially bad in the next 10 years, Rob. And people are delaying retirement for obvious reasons. Um, a lot of middle-aged Americans, they drew down their savings during the lean years, and they have to rebuild their savings. Um, there's so many ramifications here. An older workforce, you may want to stay, but you may not be able to stay. An older workforce is hurting the people in their 20s who are coming out of college with 20 $7,000 in debt, not being able to get jobs, no wage inflation because there's competition for jobs. 
the ramifications are enormous. Well, and part of it, too, is just thought that a lot of people retire, they don't feel like they have the security because in the past you could go put half your money in CDs and bonds and, and get 55 to 6.5% just systematic income, right, without a whole heck of a lot of risk. Well, the deleveraging around the world has caused you know, central banks to print money and buy their own government bonds, and it's got interest rates you know, at, at historical lows. So that has really negatively affected our seniors. It's negatively affected pension plans that can't increase their payouts with inflation, and it's going to negatively affect Social Security. So it's 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 a tough scenario to retire, even though we're enjoying really low tax brackets. It's it's a it's a much harder endeavor right now. There's a positive for like the utility industry, which is facing disruptive skill shortages when older workers retire. A lot of people don't want to work for utility companies. It's quote unquote beneath them. Um, so keep them there. That's great. But at the same time, senior employees can be expensive for companies. I wouldn't want to hire a senior because it's it, as a small business owner, it jacks up your health insurance because the average age of the employees go higher. Um, on top of it, you know, they demand a little more salary. Those silly old people demanding a competitive <laughs> wage. Well, you know, with some of the small businesses that aren't required to have a plan as we move into 2014, yeah. when the Affordable Care Act is fully implemented, there may be businesses that just say, you know what, here's a small raise, go out to some of the exchanges that each state are going to create, get your health insurance on your own. Maybe that problem will you know, somehow be solved, however, it'll come back to bite us in the form of higher taxes. And ultimately, uh, again, the ramifications on you know, teenage kids coming out of college or starting college and going to college, it's hurting them. And you know who spends money in our economy are people in their 20s. Mm-hmm. So if they don't have jobs because the old people are, are hogging the jobs, it's just another reason to hate an old person. Yeah, and you know all these things that we talk about can cause investors to be depressed about the concept or the idea of investing in stocks. But you know the S P five hundred has half of its revenue or more coming from overseas, and the emerging markets, just China alone, that has you know thirteen to fifteen million people every year moving from farms to cities to become consumers. Um, don't be depressed in terms of investing and make sure you think very globally in terms of opportunity. What we're talking about is very U.S.-centric, where U.S. has kind of gone the way of what Japan did over the last decade. Now, keeping older Americans in the workforce in of itself is a great thing because you expand the labor pool to draw upon. But the reasons people are staying in the workforce is the sad part. And, you know, my best friend, his, his parents both worked in the CIA and they had amazing pensions, and they still have amazing pensions. My dad worked in the United States Army, and he had an amazing pension. You and I don't really have that option. Um, our generation, we don't see a lot of our friends with amazing pensions. No, you have to do it on your own. And now it has to be a mindset of always accumulating assets instead of liabilities, and always accumulate assets that, that pay you currently, whether that's stocks with dividends or positive cash flow real estate. You have to think of accumulation now and being responsible for your own retirement. So one idea about staying in retirement is you stop, well, well, you keep money coming in. When people retire, the money stops coming in, and they have to live off what they have, plus Social Security, and Social Security is not that much. Keeping money coming in. When I get to the point, Chad, I think I'm always going to want money coming in. I'm always going to want, whether it's passive income from investments mm-hmm. or whether it's you know me going over to the neighbor's house and fixing their plumbing, and that's not an innuendo for anything. It's <laughs> me going over and fixing their plumbing. Um, I don't want to get on someone's roof because I'll fall and die, but you know I, I've got some basic carpenter skills. I've got, I've got a pretty cool set of tools. <laughs> Good. <Yeah. laughs> You're going to be the handyman you, you in the neighborhood, right? You don't really believe me, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. No. 
But are you going to try to stay with some active income, or you, or, or do you think there's a day where you're done? Um, I don't think I'll ever be done. You know, it's funny because in this business, even though a lot of times clients become friends, so you, you you're used to seeing it. And it's a matter of transitioning your business, and I already have you know, kids that are interested in the business. So I'll probably have... That so is not going to happen. <laughs> it will. I guarantee it. I'm going to um, have... My buyout could be triple. <laughs> <laughs> triple to quadruple or higher. Okay, okay. But I think I'll be involved in it some way, shape, or form. I want to know that I can quit, but I also want to know that I can continue if I, if I so see fit. But there's got to be an end. If you're an older person in a business, realize that once you probably hit your 70s and 80s, the younger people are probably more comfortable to have you eventually actually exit. (laughs) So no matter how much you like to think that you're wanted. Just know that, tell your children that I'm going to put the company up for sale and it's going to the highest bidder. (laughs) It's going to be greed is good, Gordon Gecko. It is. It's going to get nasty in about 30 years. It's going to get real nasty. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. One day his children will be running the company, newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. <clears throat> Detox Network sees pot DUI spiking in Colorado after legalization. Colorado's largest detox network said that the number of its patients busted for DUI while high on pot has nearly doubled from 8% last year to 15% this year. Percentage of increase is significant because recreational marijuana legalization is in its infancy. and There's clearly already been an impact on public safety on one side. I don't really um, have a lot of opinions on this. I haven't studied it enough. I like to have opinions after I study. One of the things that I do is I present those opinions in seminars and events. They're $5 to get in. 100% of that goes to charity. Uh, you can learn more about the events at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. There's always one coming up, whether it's in Los Gatos or San Jose or San Mateo. Sometimes it's in the East Bay. Sometimes it's up uh, in Marin. You can find out more about that at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Los ataques de asma. Visita noattack.com. To learn more, find the Broco link on our pro. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening to the show. Earlier, Gil called, and he gave me a little flack on MSG, and I shot back at him. It's called a radio show, and it's fun, you know? It's a morning show. So go with that. Try to go with that. Don't get too caught up in, like, okay, like, there's a story that we could do. Uh, Beer makers are praying for a fruitful summer. Don't get too caught up, like, why is he talking about beer? Is this personal, or I'm trying to teach you a lesson. I'm trying to, and that you, is ex, like, Sarah and blah, 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 they're just trying to, like, smooth their way to a paycheck. I'm trying to get you smarter financially. Roughly a third of beer sales in the United States take place between Memorial and Labor Day. So this is the make or break time of the year for them. Most critical week is July 4th, when sales traditionally are 30 to 40% higher than the average week. Whoa. High temperatures are a bigger deal for brewers than distillers, which have been converting beer drinkers to cocktails for more than a decade, and are partly responsible for the decline in American beer consumption in the past four to five years. So knowing that more people are switching it to you know, a different beverage, cocktails versus beer, 
that could have a difference in wheat prices. Knowing that there's a hot summer that's scorching the wheat, that can change beer sales. Beer sales are typically 13% higher during summer months than any other part of the year, compared with liquor sales, which only get a 6% jump. So there's Anheuser-Busch InBev. There's some Boston Beer. There's a lot of craft brew companies and, and beer companies that you can do investments in. And when you see something like Bud Light Mango Rita, where Bud Light is saying, you know, like, whoa, things are tough here. So we need to get people to focus a little bit more on, like, the it's a beer, but it's kind of a margarita kind of thing. What exactly is it? They also have the Rasburita. They taste more like margaritas than they do like beer, but they still have the beer in them. The official beer sponsor of the World Cup tournament is spinning heavily on soccer-themed ads, hoping to ride that wave of enthusiasm. The wave of enthusiasm, and again, Americans are showing up. It's stunning how Americans are showing up for the games, both in Brazil but also on television. Um, crushing NBA, crushing major uh, Major League Baseball in the World Series, crushing it. And I think that's cool, especially since it's happening during the work days where people have the ability to say, ah, it's during the work, I don't want to do it. So the joint venture between SAB Miller and Molson Coors, they're banking on a lift from improved fortunes amongst American men in their 20s. They tend to be the beer drinkers. The jobless rate in that age group is falling after a spike during the recession. So there's little trends here and little trends there that, again, maybe the today should be called the trend show. I don't know. It seems like I'm, I'm bringing it up more often than not today. Into the millennials, the Generation X, Generation Y, Generation Z. Um, I don't know. S&P 500 enters the final session of June with a year-to-date, no, no, quarter-to-date 4.7% gain. Pending home sales beat expectations. Again, that should tell us we're going to have a good summer. Pending home sales, you buy a home, you tend to pay the bank. You tend to go to Home Depot. You tend to go to Bed Bath & Beyond. So that trend should be there. Um, strength today in consumer staples, technology, and utilities. Weakness in consumer discretionary financials, industrials, and materials. The NASDAQ staying ahead of the broader market today. Apple's help leading without performance. As we get to the back half of the year, we get back to school and we get Christmas. And this is the big time for tech companies to start showing off new devices that they want the kids you know, buying to go back to school with. August crude oil is at $105 a barrel. Crude has been in the red all day. Gold and silver have been in the red today. Gold has been recovering from its um, just lows of the day. I don't have a lot of faith in gold as long as interest rates are expected to stay, stay, stay sideways or go higher. I just don't have a lot of faith. To me, it's a currency on a lot of levels. And uh, when the dollar gets stronger, the dollar will uh, bring in more money. But as interest rates move higher, the dollar will bring in more money. And that money will leave things like gold. That's my thesis. I'm kind of sticking with it. S&P 500 has joined NASDAQ today in the green after a weaker start. And again, we pay attention to this, not wholeheartedly, not aggressively. On a day-by-day basis, we should take some time off on, a, on occasion. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, how about this? It's probably the worst time in history to be a musician in America. The music industry isn't quite dead, but it's also not quite booming. 
It's merely completely re- unrecognizable from what it was once. Um, music sales as a percentage of music revenues in 2000 was 60%. Today it's 36%. So now what's replacing music sales are music tours. Revenue growth in music tours have grown 60% since 2000. If you look at the price of some tickets, holy mackerel out of touch. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I do the show on AM 1220 KDOW every day from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. There's a podcast that you can find at kdow.biz. It's kdow.biz. I do a quick little hit on Cron4 TV at 9.15 in the morning. So if you have close to TV in the next uh, next 18 plus minutes, jump over and take a look. I will be there. Um, If you're you're in Florida or if you're in a different country, uh, Cron's got a website that you can watch it at, streamed at um, as well. But again, I just want you to kind of get to know who the people are that you're, you know, building financial education around. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Um, if you want to have some commentary on the next show and you want me to you know, talk about it, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. It's rob at robblack.com. I say that, it feels like every three seconds. Um, I, want you to, you know, I want you to reach out. I don't want you to be shy. This should be your show, not my show. It's Rob Black and your money. Let's get you to retirement, one day at a time. One record quarter at a time, one record high at a time. I'm Rob Black. Have a good day. Talk to you soon. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network. This station is... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.